Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high-performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. My name is Lisa Brown, and I'm the founder of Platinum Education Group, and I absolutely love coming to you each week, um, sharing insights, knowledge, tips, and just different ways to really thrive in your roles within your early learning services. So today I wanted to discuss a topic around leadership. In particular, um, I wanted to discuss how to prepare and have difficult conversations as a leader in early childhood education. So I we get this question all the time. And as we mentor new leaders, um, as they step up in different roles, we know we've all been there with how difficult it is. And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You still get those little butterflies in your stomach. You still get those nerves um, before you have any difficult conversation. And I remember really early on in my leadership career, one of the biggest lessons that I learned or one of my biggest frustrations was that not everyone was like me. I was like, why don't they do that? Why don't they stay back? Why don't they do it this way? And I realized not everyone is like me. And I had to keep reminding myself of that very early on because it's really important. One of the first things is just to accept people for where they are at. So meet them where they are at right now. So you might be having many, many different different um, challenging conversations. So this might be informal or formal. So it might be on the run or it might be a sit-down formal meeting. Um, it could be just a one-off. Um, it's something that's happened that you need to raise with them. It could be consistent underperformance issue um, or it could be addressing an issue from another educator that they have raised. So my first point and first takeaway is if something com- somebody comes to you as a leader and they bring a problem to you. Um, what's a common one that comes up? Let me think. So many examples, so many things I could say. Um, let's just say um, Sarah said, um, I heard that Sarah said this about me. Um, I, it didn't make me feel very good. And um, yeah, and they're just venting to you all these things that this other person and pretty much just whinging. So the first thing I would say is, have you spoken to your room leader? So we manage services across um, Australia and lead them. And one of my first questions is, if an educator comes to me, we're very open, we're very accessible. Um, If an educator comes to me and says, um, I'm having this issue, I'll say, have you spoken to that person? That'll be the first point of call. So have you spoken to that person? If they've spoken to that person and tried to raise it with them um, and there's no outcome, then of course I'll say, have you spoken to your room leader about it and seen what strategies they suggest that you try? If they've already spoken to that person and they've followed all of those lines of communication, um, they've spoken to the director and then the director speaks to us um, and we can provide different strategies, then it's it's 
it's really important that you go down those lines, you try everything you can, but don't stop there. If you have tried with one person and you're not getting the outcome that you're looking for, everybody has a boss. Everyone has someone that they are reportable to and everyone has someone that wants you to feel supported in your role. So don't give up. Make sure that you keep going to the next person, Um, not until you get the outcome you're hoping for, but until you get a resolution um, so that you can all work um, in unison with each other. Now, I call it like the tissue box theory, right? It's something that I've just held on to um, for a really long time. And the way I describe it is like, I had a tissue box on my desk, right? And every time this educator used to come in and talk to me, they used to move my tissue box. And I just and then so like when I would want a tissue and I would go and reach for the tissue the tissues weren't there the tissues were somewhere else and really it was just a habit of mine to reach for the tissue box where it was placed and I'll be like oh okay and then I would move it back to where it was now it's fine. Like it's absolutely a non-issue. And that's exactly what it's like with most things. They're a non-issue, but happening over and over and over and over and over again can get a little bit frustrating. So we understand where frustration can come from and can occur. So it's really important that person may not know that they are moving the tissue box every time they come into Um, you know, every time they come in to speak to me. So it's really important that I raise them like, hey, you know, every time you come in, you move the tissue box. And they're like, oh, do I? I And so bringing it to their attention helps it to come to the forefront of their mind. So they're really actively thinking about that each time they come in. Um, If that's something that bothers me or bothers you, So the first thing is make sure that you let them know. People aren't mind readers. They do not understand, whilst we'd love to be, they do not understand what's going on in your mind. They cannot understand. So it's really... um, like we can't control everybody else. We can only control ourselves. And so if we want the other person to do something different, we need to be very clear with them with how something is making us feel. So nobody can control how you feel. You can only control how you feel um, or how you respond to and or react to a certain situation. So for example, um, if somebody's doing something over and over again, I'm just going to use my tissue box example, and I continue to let that happen and I continue to get frustrated, they're not doing it to frustrate me because they don't know that that frustrates me or that that annoys me um, until I let them know. So I am my reaction or my response is frustration. They're not frustrated. It's not taking up any space in their head or in their mind because they have no idea that it's even bothering me. So until I let them know, then they don't actually know. So the first point of call is one, let them know. Two, make sure that you speak to the right person. So if it is about a certain person, speak to the person directly. If you've heard them say something, go and speak to them directly about it and just say, hey, I heard you say this. Um, It made me feel this way. Because again, they cannot control how you feel and they also cannot um, debate how you feel. They cannot tell you how to feel. So you're letting them know how that made you feel. And that's really important in those conversations. So we all know that getting out of our comfort zone 
is uncomfortable. And the key to success and the key to thriving is to really um, jump into those comfort zones, out of those comfort zones. So we call that the magic zone. So you've got your big circle where you're sitting, which is your comfort zone. Getting out of your comfort zone into discomfort is where the magic happens. And if we continue to stay in our comfort zone, in that circle of our of comfort, um, what happens is we do not grow. So whenever you are feeling a, f- a sense of discomfort, it means that you are growing as a human being because everything that we do for the first time feels really uncomfortable. So really challenge yourself to step outside of that comfort zone into discomfort so that you experience that magic and you experience that growth. Now, we so that's the first thing getting out of your comfort zone we got so as early childhood we learn lots and lots and lots of different lessons lessons help us to move to our next level and our next stage of growth so really um hold on to these I've always said when we stop growing in early childhood it's it might be a sign or a signal that it's time to leave every single person is growing every single person is learning just like we alongside the children and with the children's journey we all have our journeys as well So you want to meet everyone where they're at. The key is to follow consistent procedures. So we want to make sure that we're being fair and just. So if you would follow one procedure for one person or one educator, you need to make sure that you follow that exact same system for every single educator that you are mentoring or leading. Um, One of the biggest I guess, challenges or difficulties that we face is when people start to see favoritism or when people start to see that um, you have different people that you would do different things for and different procedures. You need to make sure that it is consistent across the board. So whatever you would do for one, you do for all. Now, in order to have everyone um, come on board, board and have everyone thriving and heading in the right direction, we believe in regular consistent feedback. So you can do this through regular check-ins. So it doesn't just have to be, um, you know, going back to your old school performance reviews once a year, you get feedback about how you're going so that you can improve. Like that is like the equivalent to you know, we know fla- just in a, a bit of an analogy, you know, with flowers and, and water and things. <coughs> so with the flowers, flowers need water, they need sunshine, they need lots of different things to grow and thrive. And if we give them a little bit of this each day or over time, they will thrive. However, if we're doing it once a year and we just give them a bucket of water, they might live, but they're never going to thrive and they're never going to reach their full potential. So it's really important that we're providing that regular, consistent feedback. So we call them mini meets or check-ins or uh, mentors moments, um, different at different services. And all it is, is just a five minute check-in just to see how everyone is going. And you can give them feedback, but it's really important to make sure that you're meeting formally with each educator on a regular basis to talk about their goals and areas for improvement. Just like the cycle of a QIP, you're going to flip that and it's going to be your cycle of leadership. 
So you're going to observe their practice, you're going to set goals, you're going to observe, then you're going to um, provide support with how they're going to get there and implement those. And then it's that continuous cycle with helping each one of your educators be the best possible um, educator, but not only educator, best possible person that they can be. Now, I believe as a leader, we almost have an obligation to the people around us. We spend so long together, not only, I mean, more than our families, really. So we spend more time with the people that we work with than anyone else. So it's really important and we have an obligation as a leader to make sure that we are looking after, supporting and helping the people around us be the absolute best they can be. Now, really sad that I'm still getting a lot of feedback and a lot of report, not so much, maybe sort of 50-50 with people moving into the early childhood space and them getting just struck with negativity, toxicity, um, whinging, like that is a very, very old school mentality. And yes, I am aware that if you are in that headspace, that you may not be aware of it. But I really want to encourage you to live by a certain quote and a certain saying and find one that resonates for your service. For us, it's um, the the quality that you walk past or the standard that you walk past is the standard you are willing to accept. And we always remind everyone of this. So it comes down to your conversations. It comes down to your actions. It comes back to everything that you're doing in your service that are you willing to say that you accept that standard or and do you leave that conversation or do you leave that day feeling worse or feeling better about yourself? And remember that if you're in a conversation with someone, think about it like, would this would you enjoy being in a conversation with you? Is is what I'm about to say about a person? Um, it, would I say it to their face? Then don't say it at all. So it's really easy, I know, to get caught up in the madness of um, you know the go 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 and the hamster wheel, as we call it. But it's a choice, and it's up to you to take the path that is going to lead to you and everyone else around you having a really positive day, and for you to make a really positive impact on people's lives. So there's a little quote um, that we shared yesterday and I'll read it to you. If we all act as if everything we do makes a difference, it does. So everything that you're doing is already making a difference. So make sure that you've got that in your mind every day as you go through life, as you go through um, your time with your team to make a difference. It's all about building those memories um, for the children, helping them to develop. But in order to do that, we need to be role models as adults and show the children how to um, act in group situations, how to resolve conflict, um, that we are not expecting at by any means that every single person that you work with is going to be your best friend. In fact, that might be another episode with how to draw the line between friendship and actually being a leader and being able to have these tough conversations because we do find that a lot of people struggle to find that balance um, and with certain people struggle to have those conversations because of the relationship that they have and they don't want to um, jeopardize or ruin that relationship. But in actual fact, and I always say this, go back to Brene Brown, clear is kind. 
people need to know where they stand and people need to know or they want to do a good job. So let them know if they're not doing a good job, let them know. We can be kind about how we let them know. And a good tip is to actually ask them before anything, before anything comes up as when they first start, how do you like to receive feedback? So do you want me to let you know at the time? Do you want me to let you know like at the end of the day? Do you want me to, you know, just write it down and we can sit down sort of at the end of the week and discuss it? Find out from them how they like to receive feedback because it's coming directly from them. Every single person learns differently and the better that you know each person in your team, the easier it will be to lead them. So when it comes to time to have these difficult conversations, so let's just say that you need to have a performance management meeting. Um, So an issue has occurred and you need to have a performance management meeting. The first thing is that you really want to, the worst part about it, to be honest, is the anticipation. The anticipation is the absolute worst part for both parties. So for you and for the person coming to the meeting. So just know that you're both in the same space. You're both feeling nervous and you're both feeling that anticipation of arriving to that meeting. It's the worst part. So the way that you can avoid that for both of you is just to be really clear with what the meeting's about. So if this is a um, formal performance management meeting, make sure that you give them notice of the meeting. Uh, Make sure that you let them know what it's about. Make sure that you let them bring a support person if they wish. Um, You can also have somebody there with you as well. Um, Perhaps that person might take some notes. Before the meeting, before it even occurs, like do a little meditation, get in the right headspace, think about what outcome you want for the meeting and what um, heartfelt and heart-centered feeling that you want to enter that space with and really think about what, what the way you want that meeting to go and the way you want that meeting to feel for both parties. We all have a job to do here and we cannot let certain performances, um, you know, underperformance or misconduct or, you know, there are certain um, areas in our performance that we cannot let go. We have to do our job and they have to be addressed. And all parties, as long as the expectations are very clear upfront when somebody commences their role and ongoing through professional development and training, as long as those expectations are clear, they should understand that this these conversations need to take place. So breathe, really take it all in, take your time, um, really go in with that. What intention do you want to go into the meeting with? Um, Take some time before the meeting to write some notes. So write down your notes, including any evidence um, or any examples to demonstrate in the meeting, because it is likely that the other person has absolutely no idea. Um, Again, going back to the tissue box, really, really dumb example, but it, it is an example, right? The other person had no idea. So it's with anything minor or large, sometimes they just don't know. And I actually find it's easier to mentor or go in with the headspace that the other person doesn't know. They have no idea. And all you're going into the meeting with is to get their version of events. Like this happened 
What's your response? Like what actually happened? How can we support you? Um, And asking them these questions to guide them and really support them to identify where they're lacking. So where they're not quite meeting the standard or expectation. So you can use their job description is a great example, code of ethics is a great example, law or regulations, all of this documentation that guides our practice and you can utilise those um, before when you write down all of your notes so that it's really clear which part of their role or their job or their position they're not meeting and highlight those, bring them to the meeting. You can even write out a script if you like. I remember really early on and for some of our leaders, we do, we write them scripts that they can follow so that they can feel confident going into the meeting. The first few, it's important to do like that because we, you want to build your confidence. You want to make sure that you don't miss anything and it's just helping you to practice and prepare um, for obviously your future um, success in your career. So when you're in the meeting, um, just welcome them into the meeting. Um, Make sure again that you let them know why they're there and what topics you are going to talk about so that they can also prepare for the meeting. It's fair, fair. Um, Make sure that you define the problem. So before having any conversation, have a clear understanding of the problem you're trying to solve. Take some time to gather information, talk to others involved and identify. So you might want to get some statements from other people, um, identify any underlying issues. So it's important to be specific and clear about the problem you want to address. Now, you can't go into a meeting and say, um, oh, I'm just not happy with it. It's a gut feeling. You're just not quite meeting the mark. Like it's not fair on the other person because they don't know the expectations. It's really important to be very, very clear and concise about what it is that they're not quite meeting. So then they can obviously, you can work on strategies for them to get there. Step two is consider your goals. So what do you hope to achieve through the conversation? So is it to provide feedback? Is it to resolve a conflict or make a decision? So be clear about your goals and what you hope to accomplish through the conversation. Step three, you want to plan your approach. So think about how you will approach the conversation. So consider the person you are speaking with their communication style and any potential reactions they may have. Think about your tone, your word choice, your body language and how they may impact the conversation. So 90% of communication is actual body language and how we say things. So it's really important that these are all considered. And I find in meetings, um, so I always talk in a really upbeat and a really tone. However, when I have serious meetings and serious conversations, I change my tone and I speak very calmly and I speak very um, mellow tone at the calm very directly and that is how I address to make sure that it is clear. We would never, however, if you raise your voice, people do not hear what you're saying. They only see you reacting that way and then that person then reacts a certain way. So it's really important to make sure that you're considering all of that in your approach for the meeting. 
Step four is to practice. So with your script that you've written down, um, practice your approach. So either alone um, with a trusted colleague, a mentor, a coach, um, and this will help you feel more confident and prepared for the conversation. Um, You can even old school it and practice in front of the mirror. Um, But as long as you've got the script there, you're good to go. Know that you've got, you are prepared and you've got all the information there that you're good to go and you've got this. Um, Step five is to have the conversation. So when it's time to have the conversation, remember to be clear and concise about the problem and your goals. So listen actively to the other person's perspective and seek to understand their point of view. Stay focused on the problem and avoid going, getting sidetracked by emotions or unrelated issues. Work together to find a solution or agreement that meets everyone's needs. So you cannot before the meeting, I don't think you can. I mean, you can have some indications on how, like what goal you want to seek and how you may support them. But I think it's a really good idea to leave the outcomes or how you're going to support them for the meeting because that's what the conversation is about. The other person might have a complete different idea with how you can support them through that process or how they can meet there and make sure that it's documented. So make sure that you document the meeting and get both parties to sign. And then step six is to follow up. And this is a step that's often forgotten because what will happen is you'll have the meeting and then the performance will um, rectify and it will be fixed um, nine times out of 10. So you'll just be like, amazing. The meeting was awesome. After the meeting, um, you know, I saw a massive improvement in their practice. You know, they weren't doing this anymore. They were really motivated and they were helping and we didn't see that anymore. So what happens? nothing but make sure that you praise them make sure that you follow up after the conversation let them know so is the person meeting the requirements um let them know how long after you're going to follow up with them so just say in a week's time i'm going to follow up with you in a month's time i'm going to follow up with you for example and put it in your diary to make sure that you do follow up with them so it's really important that the problem is addressed it's important to allow the to show them that you care about the outcome and that you're invested in finding a solution. And if they, obviously, if it's resolved and there's no longer an issue, congratulate them, praise them, like let them know you're really proud of how far they've come and how much you really appreciate them putting in that effort to make that happen. So we know that having difficult conversations is never easy, um, but as a leader in early childhood, it's important to approach them with a plan and a clear understanding of your objectives. So by following these steps, you can help ensure that these conversations are productive and lead to positive outcomes for everyone involved. So back to our analogy of the plant. So um, the analogy is, um, so just as a garden, needs regular care, including water, pruning and weeding. Giving regular feedback allows for ongoing growth and development. And on the other hand, giving feedback only once a year is like dumping a bucket of water on a garden only once a year and hoping it will thrive. So while the garden may survive, it's unlikely to reach its full potential without regular attention and care. Similarly, growing regular feedback allows 
a continuous improvement and growth. So while waiting until the end of the year may not provide the same level of development and progress. So remember ongoing, consistent and fair and just and making sure that we are consistent with every single educator and person that's around us. And the more that you help them to thrive, I mean, the best, absolute best compliment that you can ever receive is that I am who I am today because of you. And you have a, you're in a position to make a difference to every single human being that you come into contact with. And please remember that. So off the back of our podcast from last week, be kind. You just have no idea what anyone else is going through behind the scenes or at home or anywhere else. So please be kind and remember that there is a human being behind everyone. So thank you so much for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. We hope that you found this episode helpful. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for more great conversations about early childhood education and leadership. Just a reminder that you can head to our brand new website, www.platinumed.com.au. Right at the top, there's an Ask Us Anything button. So you can post any questions that you would like us to cover on a future episode. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please keep making every moment count and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.